0: You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: She was a fresh-faced Midwestern girl who came to New York with a humble goal. Along the way, Madonna accrued power, wealth, and fame, and a reputation that intimidated just about everybody. She treated the world like a non-stop party, changing styles and boyfriends in time warp speed. Until the day she had too much fun and people asked if she had gone too far. But even at that point, Madonna didn't want any tears shed for her. And it wasn't long before she was touched by a ray of light. The queen of pop found herself blessed with the new priorities of love and family. Now a revealing journey into the heart and mind of music's undisputed matriarch. Madonna, behind the music.
1: I'm really good at provoking people and I'm really good at getting attention, but now that I have everyone's attention, what do I have to say?
2: It was the most coveted ticket in music, Madonna's long-awaited return to the concert stage. When she launched her Drowned World Tour in the summer of 2001, Madonna was quite simply the most famous woman on earth, a title she earned over the course of two tumultuous decades.
3: She's been one of the most successful female stars in the history of the world. Let's put her like right there next to Cleopatra and Marie Antoinette and women who enter into mythology, kind of, you know?
4: In terms of achieving the awards and the record sales and the adoration of the entire planet, she's gotta be happy.
2: She has kept her fans guessing by remaining in a constant state of change, evolving from material girl to movie star to mother under the harsh gaze of a scrutinizing public. And along the way, she somehow managed to find inner peace and happiness.
1: I do think that if I've been enlightened and I truly feel like I've been enlightened, then it's my it's my responsibility to share what I know with other people.
2: In the decade since her first record in 1983, she sold 150 million albums, had 41 top 10 songs, starred in 17 movies, and been listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the most successful female recording artist in history. Her career has played out like a heroic odyssey in an industry traditionally dominated by men.
1: The man was going on behaving the way I did, and I don't think that he would be considered, um, you know, the Antichrist or the Marquis de Sade or whatever else people may refer to me as.
2: In fact, those are some of the kinder names Madonna has been called. No matter how successful she's been, she's had to continually dodge the slings and arrows of outraged critics.
1: People stop thinking of you as a human being, um, or people write about you in um, incredibly kind of thoughtless ways and never imagine that you actually have feelings that they could be hurting.
2: And it's not just the critics who can be insensitive. Even people she encounters in everyday life feel they have the right to judge her.
5: We were in an elevator in some building going up to uh, top floor to, I don't remember, a hotel or something, and, the, and it opened up and there was a 24-year-old messenger guy there. He goes, you Madonna? She goes, yeah, he goes, "Yeah, hair looks like shit like that. You should, you should keep it blonde. I thought, boy, man, fame, that people don't even think you're a person anymore.
2: By stirring up an explosive mixture of religion, racism, and sex, critics complain she uses controversy to sell records. But Madonna insists that those issues are why she makes records in the first place.
1: The whole reason I got into the music business wasn't because I thought I had a spectacular voice. It's because I had something to say. I think she likes
3: to be controversial and I think she likes to push buttons. She's caused a
6: lot of dialogue to happen in our culture, you know, and people don't want to give her credit for that.
2: But credit or not, Madonna has always pushed boundaries with a consistent message that sex isn't the enemy. Hypocrisy is. And in the last two decades of the 20th century, she's used that message to single-handedly lead her own sexual revolution.
7: The thing that I love about Madonna is that she said she believes that sex is good.
8: She made it okay for a girl to want to get laid, want to, get, want to kiss a boy. Before then, it was okay for a guy to want to get laid. It was okay for a guy to want to kiss the girls and do all that stuff, but the girls were
2: always very chaste and all that, and Madonna broke down all those barriers. But breaking down barriers is dangerous work. And on more than a few occasions, the controversy swirling around Madonna has threatened to bury her art. That just seems to overwhelm, like when we did Like a
4: Prayer.
8: And then the video came out, and that overwhelmed the album, you know. And that album has some amazing, brilliant stuff on it. There
2: was a real magic about that whole time, and a real intensity, and a real—it was really powerful. One of her biggest controversies occurred in 1989, when she was about to release Like a Prayer. Pepsi had signed a $5 million deal with Madonna to use the song in a commercial, and they were thrilled until they saw the Like a Prayer video.
3: Madonna specifically wanted to push the racial issue in it. The idea of an interracial love scene continues to be a of an under-the-carpet taboo in our society, and I think both of us wanted to say something about that and compare it, you know, to the persecution of, of Jesus Christ.
2: Like a prayer wasn't the first time, and certainly not the last, that Madonna has used her art to explore the deeper meaning of faith and God, and found the religion of her childhood in conflict with her own values.
1: The Catholicism of my childhood was just a series of rules that were, um, forced on me and a dogma that I didn't understand. It was just like, this is what you do, and and there is no reason why, this is just what you do.
7: It could have been that the Catholic Church in our childhood just pushed the contradictions too far. The idea that French kissing and murder can both put you into hell, is just a pretty wild idea, you know?
2: On August 16, 1958, in Bay City, Michigan, a young French-Canadian woman, Madonna Fortin Ciccone, gave birth to her third child, her first daughter, and her namesake. For the first years of her life, Madonna was called Little Nani to distinguish her from her mother.
1: My idea of my mother, I think, is mostly fantasy because she died when I was so young that at this point, you know, she's like a picture of Jesus Christ, you know? I mean, it's the most perfect picture of a human being that ever existed.
2: Madonna's mother died after a long bout with breast cancer when little Nani was just six years old. All these years later, it remains the defining moment in Madonna's life.
7: If you lose your mother like Madonna did, that can do a lot of things to you. It could crush you forever. It could make you forever distrustful of happiness in life. Or it could make you
1: very, very courageous. I do think when you grow up without a mother, you have a real sort of unfulfilled need inside of yourself and you are on a mad search for love. I also think that you carry around a kind of unspoken despair and that can also be something that can inform all of your music that you write and and actually your sadness would inspire you. Certainly has inspired me.
2: Madonna's dad Silvio, left alone to care for Madonna, her three brothers and two sisters ran a strict household. The Ciccone kids weren't allowed to watch TV and went to catechism every morning before breakfast.
1: I suppose some people would consider him a fascist. Maybe <laughs> the way he raised us is something like, you will do this because I said so and you don't need any reason. And um, I mean, he, was, he disciplined us. And at the time, you know, I hated him for it.
2: Madonna learned how to hide her pain from the outside world. She excelled at school, a straight A student the star of high school plays like Cinderella and the Wizard of Oz. But the place where Madonna was always the happiest was on the dance floor.
1: I've always loved to dance since I was a little girl. I used to always get up on chairs and tables and dance for, you know, in front of everybody.
2: When she was 13, Madonna started taking ballet lessons from Christopher Flynn. But dance wasn't the only thing he taught her.
1: When I met Christopher Flynn my whole life changed. He taught me about art and classical music and he also took me out to my first gay discotheque and I just saw a different side of life that I had
9: never seen before.
2: It was in those Detroit gay discos that a now 16-year-old Madonna began to realize that she had a real gift for dancing and for grabbing the spotlight. In the fall of 1976, Madonna enrolled at the University of Michigan on a full dance scholarship thoughts of brighter lights blinded her, and less than two years later, in July of 1978, she was on her way to New York with a one-way ticket, $37 in her purse, and a dream of becoming a professional dancer.
1: I knew I wanted to be an artist. I knew I wanted to be a creative person. I wasn't sure what form that would take, but I felt like I needed to be an environment that really celebrated all of those things, which is why I came to New York. I certainly did not think for a second that I would have the sort of global impact that I've had. I mean, I was just trying to get the hell out of Michigan.
2: <laughs> she became part of New York's East Village scene, which at that moment was at the epicenter of the punk rock movement. But even among the mohawks and safety pins, Madonna's unique look stood out.
8: I remember walking down the street with her before we put out any singles, before we we did anything, and she would stop traffic. I mean, people would just stop and stare. And she wasn't famous yet. She had the sexuality that everybody just latched onto.
2: One thing Madonna didn't have was money. She lived in a rat-infested tenement on East 4th Street and ate popcorn for dinner for months. To get by, she worked at Dunkin' Donuts before she found a better paying job.
1: When I first moved to New York, Um, I was a dancer, so I did a lot of modeling, nude modeling. Thank you very much. Um, And it was really good money and very flexible hours, which is why I chose to do it. It's not because I enjoyed taking my clothes off or anything like that.
2: It was almost by accident that Madonna turned her attention to music when her boyfriend at the time, Dan Gilroy, let her join his band, The Breakfast Club, as a drummer and guitarist. The one thing they wouldn't let her do was sing.
1: They already had two singers in the band, so they would never let me get up and sing a song, because what's the point? One day, I finally convinced them, they finally said, okay, I got up to sing one song and the other guy went back to play the drums. And, like, I got a standing ovation. That one moment in the the spotlight in front of the band singing was like a really big high.
2: When the band refused to let Madonna immediately become the lead singer, she quit the Breakfast Club to start her own band. Playing at small clubs around New York, Madonna quickly established a reputation. In the spring of 1980, less than two years after she got to New York, Madonna cut a demo tape. It wasn't long before she caught the eye of Sire Records A&R director Michael Rosenblatt at her favorite haunt, Danceteria. She was
8: radiating, whatever that it is. She had it more than anyone I had ever seen up until that point or since. I mean, it was just bouncing off the walls.
1: But I was incredibly innocent and naive, and I just put one foot in front of the next, and I just put myself out there. And I don't think what I did was mindless. I just, you know, you just don't know what you're in for when you get started in this business. You know, what does a 23-year-old have to say about life anyways?
2: Two days after they first met at Danceteria, Michael Rosenblatt was ready to offer Madonna a recording contract. There was, however, one little problem.
8: I did not believe that her name was really Madonna, so I asked her to show me some IDs. She said she didn't have any, and then she came back the next day on Tuesday with her passport. And there it was, Madonna Luis Ciccone. I was very surprised. It was too perfect.
2: Madonna's first single, Everybody, was released in the fall of 1982. Within weeks, it was at the top of the dance charts, and Madonna was determined to stay there. Coming up next, Madonna loses her virginity on national television. But it was what Madonna did in her 30s that really shook the world. When Behind the Music continues.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future.
2: It was the spring of 1983 and with her first hit everybody riding high on the dance charts Madonna threw herself into writing songs for her first record she quickly showed a knack for writing hit songs with both a message and a groove she
8: came up to the office and she said Michael I think I wrote this song I want to see what you think and I put it in the demo and it was lucky star and it just blew me away and I knew and and I turned to her and I said you just wrote yourself a huge hit I always remember, years later, seeing her at Giant Stadium and perform that song. So in my head, I went back to the day she came into my office, Michael, what do you think of the song? And then five years later, seeing 65,000 kids sing along at Giant Stadium.
2: That first album sold well based on its first two singles, Lucky Star and Holiday. But the Madonna era really began in the summer of 1983 when she and director Mary Lambert climbed onto a New York City rooftop and gave everyone a first good look at Madonna.
3: We were up on a rooftop trying to steal a shot and the sun started to set and that beautiful golden light lit up her face and I was looking through the camera and I just looked out. I knew we were gonna have a great video. All I had to do was shoot her face.
1: <laughs> I did my first video to Borderline and then suddenly I had that crossover that I had been waiting for for so long people could see who I was. They could put a face together with a song.
2: Borderline went into heavy rotation on MTV and that first album stayed on the charts for over a year which was surprising considering that Madonna wasn't touring instead of going out on the road she had gone off to make a movie desperately seeking Susan it was a role that seemed to capture the very essence of Madonna
7: I thought that was a great persona that she played in there the wonderful free character who would never get a phone or a place of her own you know but was really lovable and really innocent
2: Madonna continued to at least play Innocent as she got ready to release her second album. On the night of September 16, 1984, Madonna went from merely famous to infamous. Although she already had four top ten singles, few people had seen her perform live. At the first ever MTV Music Awards, Madonna gave everyone a glimpse of the future.
12: She appeared in a wedding dress. And she has all that uh, uh, choreography, uh, very sexy choreography, that all the audience was very shocked. But two months after, like she was uh, uh, selling millions and millions of records with uh, Like a Virgin, they were saying, oh, she's great and fabulous. But in their minds, they didn't like her.
2: Like a Virgin was the number one single and album in the country. And millions of women, not just teenagers, not only adored her, they wanted to be her.
7: I wanted it so badly. I was a 45-year-old wannabe. It's terrible.
8: You'd look out and there'd be 5,000 Madonnas in the crowd. You know, she just tapped this thing with, with, with these with these girls that nobody else was, was tapping into. Then
1: Well, that just totally tripped me out to see people dressing like me. I had no idea that. The way I dressed was going to influence people or the people were going to dig it. I mean, I've been dressing that way for years, and suddenly that became this fashion statement. But those kind of things always happen by mistake. You you, You don't, you can't premeditate something like that.
2: Premeditated or not, people started complaining that Madonna was a bad influence on America's youth
12: parents are sometimes a little strange not to think like for example madonna uh, had bad influence on young girls at the contrary i think that madonna makes them uh, let them to express themselves
2: for her next video from like a virgin madonna went right to the very definition of femininity marilyn monroe and in the process gave herself a nickname that she's hated from day one
1: if I had known when I was doing those songs that for the rest of my life, you know, I was going to be referred to as, I just probably never would have done it.
8: She became that it person, that cultural icon. Madonna has gone far beyond just being a pop singer. You know, she became Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe. She became that cultural thing that just went way beyond
2: where, we, where it had started. It also made Madonna a big target. In July of 1985, Playboy and Penthouse simultaneously published dozens of nude pictures of Madonna, the photos taken during her brief period as a nude model back in the late 70s.
1: That was my first taste of like, feeling like my skin got ripped off of me, and oh my God, what is my father gonna think, you know? Um, My father can't see me naked. God knows I never thought I was going to become famous and that those photographs were gonna like, show up in magazines all around the world. But, you know, I said, hey, you know, this, this is what happened, and there's nothing I can do about it. She had the
8: best answer. It was, it, it, what did it say? It said, Madonna on nude pics. So what? I thought that was just classic. That was the way to handle that.
2: So what? Next. A month later, everyone learned what was next. On her birthday, August 16th, Madonna and actor Sean Penn who initially met on the set of her Material Girl video, were married on a clifftop in California after an 18-month courtship. But the wedding was anything but smooth. Sean carved out a message in the sand for the hovering helicopters, and that was only the beginning. The press rarely left them alone, prompting several violent outbursts from Sean. It got particularly bad during the couple's ill-fated attempt to make a movie together. The continual press scrutiny and Sean's violent reactions were ultimately their undoing. And Madonna and Sean divorced in 1989 after a four year marriage.
5: It's hard enough when one person is famous, but two people and the demands and the uh, media scrutiny, and I think it's, it's nearly impossible for it to work when both people are famous. But, um, you know, who Madonna is today and who she was when she married Sean are two different people.
2: Madonna's career continued to rise throughout the 80s. From true blue to like a prayer, she somehow managed to stay one step ahead of the public taste, which some people called genius. Others called it cold and calculating.
6: They want to think of her as some, some superhuman calculated machine who's just going through accumulating and acquiring and just hoarding. And as opposed to a woman who's recognizing going through the journey of life
2: Of course, when you're the most famous woman in the world, that journey is talked about and chased after in every corner of the globe.
6: She plays out in a public forum where we don't have to. So we get to nitpick it and, you know, like, oh, she's making a bad mistake now. Well, we don't have, you know, oh, she's trying something different. Oh, she shouldn't be doing that now. And like, she's she's living her life. It's a big fantasy. And everybody would like to have that and lead that life.
1: Um, Or maybe they wouldn't like to have it if they could stand there and see how it feels.
2: Finally, in 1990, Madonna decided to let the world see what it's like to be her. She commissioned a documentary film that would follow her blonde ambition tour around the world. Backstage, Madonna let the cameras follow her everywhere. And we all got a chance to see Madonna first thing in the morning, interacting with her family and hanging out with her friends.
1: That movie was not about hesitating. That was about making a hardcore documentary of everything we did on the road. And if I was going to do it, I was going to do it.
12: She was herself, you know? She was not playing, she was sh- showing truly Madonna.
1: Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da.
12: Kind of exhibitionist, but uh, at the same time also is like uh, she has no- n- n- uh, nothing to hide.
2: Many people thought Madonna took that nothing to hide stance to the extreme, and that her whole life was summed up in one comment from her then boyfriend, Warren Beatty, who while she was getting her throat examined, thought she should get her head examined.
1: And at the time, I think that comment seemed very smart and very on the point and very kind of descriptive of narcissism, you know? And I remember thinking, that's a smart comment. I think it's very off the mark. In fact, it doesn't feel at all to me to be true of her. I think she lives most of her life off camera.
2: But when you're Madonna, your off-camera life is never completely off limits, as she herself found out in the high-stakes game of Truth or Dare. It was the only moment in the movie that she thought violated her zone of privacy. And in the end, Madonna agreed and left it in. Because like the rest of the film she was making at that moment, it was the truth.
1: I think most people have that one person, you know. I mean, the person that you're, you know, live and die for. The person that gets right down in your heart and soul. It'd be great if it would happen again. But um, I think most people can say they have that... That one,
10: you know.
2: Truth or dare may have helped soften Madonna's image, but in the early 90s, she wasn't about to let anything stay soft for long. The video for her 1990 single, Justify My Love, was banned from MTV for being too suggestive. While there's no question, sexuality has always been a part of her art. By 1993, it seemed to have overtaken it. The video for the title song of her 10th album, Erotica, was filled with images that some people found incredibly hot and which others found deeply disturbing.
1: I think it scared a lot of people. I think it scared anybody who's afraid of sexuality or who's been raised to think of sexuality as, as
6: something dirty, taboo.
2: But the album Erotica was just the beginning. Almost simultaneously, Madonna's next movie, The Sexually Charged Body of Evidence, was released. And on the heels of that, Madonna's sex book was published. A metal-covered, spiral-bound cornucopia of Madonna in a host of compromising situations. Compared to most of the pictures, the famous shot of Madonna hitchhiking naked seemed downright innocent. She was showing me pictures of it, and I was like,
5: why are you doing this? (laughs) And no matter what people said, she had a need to express herself in a certain way and to sort of, you know, provoke and uh, sort of hold... A part of people up to themselves to look at and unfortunately she also gets the criticism for that
8: you had the sex book you had the erotica album and body of evidence so those three things taken together were all sexual in nature and not very good at least in my opinion and opinion of a lot of the public it just wasn't her her high point artistically
1: First of all, I was really being explicit about my own sexual fantasies. I was turning my nose up at the whole idea that, you know, women aren't allowed to be sexual and erotic and provocative and intelligent and thoughtful at the same time. I think women have a right to be sexual. And um, invariably, a woman who
3: pushes that too much is going to be punished for it. And she was
1: punished for it
2: the reaction was immediate and definite.
1: There was a time where I could not open up a magazine or a newspaper and not read something incredibly scathing about myself. I mean, I did really have to put a wall up and like work hard to detach myself from caring about what people think. And I did have, I did feel like I reached an all time low as far as the cruelty of humanity, you know, just feeling like I never saw so much ugliness just in terms of what was directed at me.
8: That was a difficult time for her and a lot of the criticisms, but I believe in the back of her mind, she knew that, hey, it's just art.
5: Madonna wasn't living that. You didn't go over to her house and see, uh, you know, gadgets on the wall for her to be hooked up to. It It was a little tiny thing that she was just sort of like a piece of art she was making.
2: But few people saw it as art. They took it as a literal picture of Madonna's life. And wild rumors started going around about Madonna's dangerous liaisons with everyone from comedian Sandra Bernhardt to basketball player Dennis Rodman.
1: People have always accused me of, 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 of being a sort of raving nymphomaniac, and they said things that I did with men that weren't true, and they said things that I did with women that aren't true. I'm very intrigued by bisexuality and homosexuality, that doesn't mean that I necessarily experience it. And I don't think it's relevant.
2: Even though the sex book sold out its entire first edition, some half a million copies within weeks, the press portrayed erotica in the sex book as commercial bombs.
1: It's my erotica album sold, I don't know, five or six million, and it's considered a failure. It's considered a flop, you know, and I just think, well, based on what?
6: I think our society is set up to put people up on pedestals and to glorify them just for the sake of knocking them down. We get off on it for some reason, you know, and I think it's just an ugly side of, of, our, of our culture.
2: Today, even Madonna acknowledges that her motivation for doing the sex book was only partially about sex. It was also about dealing with the very demons that had been haunting her for years.
1: You know, it was an act of rage on my part. In the beginning, everyone agreed that I was sexy, but no one agreed that I had any talent. And that really irritated me. And the sex book was sort of like the pinnacle of me challenging people and saying, you know what, I'm going to be sexually provocative and I'm going to be ironic and I'm going to prove that I can get everybody's attention and that everyone's going to want, going to be interested in it and still be freaked out about it. And it was like sort of my way of, going, of saying, see, the world is hypocritical.
2: In 1994, tired of trying to make America face its own sexual phobias, she simply put her clothes back on and continued on her path.
1: I'm not sure how much good I did it. I did actually doing it, and um, at the end of the day, probably the most it did for me was, like, help me to lose my own sexual inhibitions that I'd been raised with.
2: Just ahead, Madonna lands the role she'd always dreamed of.
7: She begged on her knees as she put it herself for years to do the movie, and nobody would give her a chance.
2: But it was the other role she landed as a wife and mother that would prove to be the most fulfilling of all. When Behind the Music
0: continues. This is it. Your moment.
2: By the early 90s, Hollywood had also come around to Madonna's side. First, she played the beautiful villainous Breathless Mahoney in 1990s, Dick Tracy. Then she hit a home run in the comedy, A League of Their Own.
5: So here was this dancer girl who was, you know, didn't know which end of the bat to hold. and uh, But she really did learn and you could teach her through dance moves, in fact. You could teach her like, you know, step, step, twist to hit the ball.
2: But when it came to off-the-field matters, it was Madonna who did the coaching. For Rosie, who also lost her mother as a child, Madonna was a kindred spirit, and the two formed a friendship that has only gotten stronger over time.
5: The best part for me about doing that movie and get, was getting to know her. I feel understood by her, I think, in a way that I don't feel understood by many people who haven't lived through uh, the same experiences I did as my, in my childhood.
2: Madonna's close circle of friends echo that comment over and over. When they're in need of understanding, the person they turn to is Madonna.
4: The most loyal friend I have, I'll never forget after the tragic death of my brother. I was traveling from Italy to Miami, and the first person that got on the phone or landed in Miami was Madonna, and she, she told me in the middle of the night, anything you need, I'm you know, meal for you. That was very important to me.
2: But by 1994, after the aggression and anger of the sex book period, revealing that softer side was the first step in Madonna's next big transformation. From dark mistress to a ray of light.
5: I think that Madonna today, her public persona, is more like she was in private with me for a long time. It makes me very sort of uh, happy to see that she is secure enough to allow her vulnerability and her calmness, her beauty, to come through without all that distraction that she had before. Until you, you know, end something
1: or or you know, close the book on something, you can't really move on and grow.
2: As it turned out, Madonna's growth came from a seed she'd planted years before. Back in 1986, when the Broadway musical Evita was being planned as a movie, Madonna had lobbied hard for the part. It took eight long years before Evita was ready to roll, but Madonna's dream came true.
7: Madonna was Eva Peron. I mean, she really did it. She was the slightly built, pale skinned, extremely loving, complex person that nobody could figure out.
1: There are many people who think she's a saint, and then there are other people who think she was Satan herself. (laughs) So, and I could certainly identify with
10: that. (laughs)
2: So could a lot of Argentinians. From the moment Madonna set foot in the country, she was met by protesters who felt her reputation would tarnish Evita's. But many people didn't love the idea of sharing Evita's famous balcony with Madonna. At the last minute, she personally appealed to the president of the country. And on March 12, 1996, Madonna stepped onto that balcony and felt chills run up and down her spine. Before Evita finished filming, Madonna had another surreal moment. In the middle of production, she discovered she was pregnant. She managed to keep her pregnancy secret for months. Then the story exploded.
5: I come out of my apartment and there's all press there. They're like, what do you think about Madonna? What do you think about Madonna? And my heart dropped through my chest and I get into the car. I slam the door and I'm like, Jimmy, what happened to Madonna? My driver, he's like, she's pregnant. I was like, oh, my God, because I didn't know what happened. And I called her up, and I'm like, you could have told me.
2: Madonna's pregnancy set off another media firestorm, with some members of the press calling the baby a calculated career move and referring to the baby's father, fitness trainer Carlos Leon, as a sperm donor.
5: It's totally untrue. You know, she met Carlos in the park and fell in love with him and, you know, was very content and happy, I think. The two of them were together for a long time, and she was thrilled that she was pregnant and had tried for a while uh, to be pregnant with him. She was in love, and it was following her heart.
2: Lourdes Maria Ciccone-Leon, known as Lola, was born in Los Angeles on October 14, 1996. A date Madonna now says marked the second big turning point of her life. The first being the day her mom died more than 30 years before.
5: If you didn't have a mom, I think that you try very hard to be a good mom. It's like the goal of your life. And um, I think she's succeeding. <laughs> I definitely do.
2: Two months after Lola was born, Madonna made her first post-baby appearance at the Avita premiere in Los Angeles. Although the film wasn't a runaway hit, Madonna's reviews were the best of her career and two months later, at the 1997 Golden Globe Awards, all her hard work finally paid off. Her appearance at the Golden Globes marked Madonna's last public act for more than a year. During that time, her relationship with Carlos León cooled to a solid friendship. She focused on being a mother to Lola and working on material for a new album. In March of 1998, Madonna resurfaced on the cover of Vanity Fair. She had a whole new attitude, a whole new look, and gave the world its first glimpse of Lola, a decision Madonna had agonized over.
12: She was reluctant about her daughter because, you know, people sometimes have this way of seeing things that, oh, all of a sudden, you're selling your daughter to make yourself, but I just think that's a bit stupid because we want to know, we want to see her daughter. She has a beautiful daughter, and it's a part of her life as honest as any other part, probably the most honest part of her life.
2: With Lola in her life, Madonna found herself re-examining her priorities.
3: You have to give up a lot of selfish behavior after you become a mother. And we've talked about that. You just, you just have to give it up. You kind of give it up joyfully.
1: It certainly feels like the sense of unconditional love that Madonna feels from her child and the sense of unconditional love that Madonna feels towards her child, okay, is something that she has been searching for for a very long time
2: in her life. Motherhood inspired Madonna to look inward and begin a new search, a search to know and love herself.
1: Most human beings get to a certain point in their life and they do say, okay, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of life? I started practicing yoga and I started just kind of reading lots of different literature and suddenly coming to a realization I really didn't think I knew that much at all
2: Madonna began studying the Kabbalah a book of ancient Jewish teachings
1: the Kabbalah is the mystical interpretation of the Torah essentially it is a manual for living
2: she says her readings led her to a new sense of understanding
1: it is about looking beneath the surface and taking responsibility for everything that you do and understanding the law of cause and effect.
2: Then Madonna started practicing yoga for two hours a day, a discipline some swear changed her physically and spiritually.
3: The practice that she's doing is a very demanding practice. And I think it develops you know, a kind of patience,
6: a kind of compassion for yourself in the process and then for others. All of that's probably happening for her.
2: Madonna says the combination of motherhood and spiritual searching brought about a period of intense personal discovery. The woman who had adopted so many identities over the years was finally peeling back the layers to uncover her true self.
1: Before you can get to the core of things, to the things that are essential, to the thing that lasts forever, which is our soul, you have to go through the layers.
2: By the summer of 1997, Madonna was anxious to apply her spiritual growth to her music. She began working on her 13th album, Ray of Light, a work that would prove to be a huge leap of faith.
1: I think that for a while I was wallowing in a world of confusion in terms of what I felt like my purpose on this earth was and what was important in life. And when I was writing that record, you know, after the birth of my daughter, after, you know, lots of things that I was doing and studying and, you know, just after taking some real time out and, and thinking about things, I, I did feel like I had rediscovered a lot of things and was, to a certain extent, born
2: again. Madonna had opened herself up to an entirely new way of thinking, and she knew it required a complete evolution of her sound.
1: I love a lot of sort of techno music, but the thing about techno music is that you never think of it as being very emotional. So what I wanted to do was make it intimate, make it emotional, like sort of proof that it could be.
2: Madonna hired the London-based producer William Orbit to bring her vision to life. Their collaboration would produce a groundbreaking synthesis of electronica and emotional insight.
9: I was surprised by how far she was prepared to experiment. I think she had a very clear idea of its kind of, its aura of a record from the word go and wasn't going to let anything detract from that. I've done a lot of collaborating with artists and rarely do they really get inside the music as well.
1: I took much more of a leap of faith and much more of a risk. Something in my gut told me that you know, it was going to be a good lesson for me to sort of give up certain aspects of control and really let somebody else's opinions truly influence me.
2: The risk paid off. When Ray of Light was released in March of 98, it entered the charts at number two and went on to sell over 10 million copies worldwide.
9: I thought the Ray of Light was a big turning point for her. I thought it really was her making an announcement to people like, oh, by the way, I am human.
1: Ray of Light is a result of several more years of (laughs) soul searching and introspection and just really coming to terms with who I am and feeling more comfortable with myself as a writer, as an artist, as a human being.
2: Ray of Light won four Grammy Awards in February of 99. She clearly appreciated the critical acclaim, but at the age of 40, Madonna's happiness was no longer measured by professional success.
1: Fame can be very disruptive. It can be like a drug, you know, like it gives you the feeling that you're happy. It gives you the feeling that you're fulfilled. It gives you the feeling of self-importance and it can distract you from what's really important.
2: Madonna had shifted her priorities to focus on her personal fulfillment. And in early 99, she found what had eluded her for years. True love. Madonna met 30-year-old British filmmaker Guy Ritchie at a dinner party hosted by Sting and his wife. Trudy Styler brought them together. She recognized Madonna and he as these two personalities that would probably mesh. Madonna and Guy hit it off instantly, and a long-distance love affair was born.
9: I think that she needed something more, you know? And then she found the perfect guy who was a man's man, who was his own guy, and who wasn't gonna take crap from her.
6: She can lean on him. I think that's important for a woman like that. It helps her to put down the sword and shield that she's been carrying for so long.
4: It's comforting uh, to have someone that can be um, an anchor and, and a rock. And those are attractive qualities, and those are attractive qualities to Madonna.
2: By the summer of 99, Madonna was spending most of her time in London to be close to Guy.
4: I looked at him on a couple occasions and he just seems uh, beside himself with, uh, with joy.
9: I think she likes just being one of the girls or one of the guys. I think she likes being normal once in a while and going to the pub, but she also must get off on the fact that she can buy the pub, you know?
2: By the spring of 2000, Madonna and British filmmaker Guy Ritchie were the toast of the British tabloids.
9: After a year of dating, they had set up residence in London. I think the British have taken ownership with her. I think Madonna is their honorary queen. I think they're done with the other one who hasn't bought new pantyhose since 1941.
2: In March of 2000, the world first got word that Madonna was pregnant with her second child. In August of that year, Rocco Ritchie was born. Madonna and Guy had their son baptized on December 21st, 2000, in the storybook Hamlet of Dornock, Scotland. The next night, ornate Skibo Castle was transformed for a wedding befitting royalty. Madonna insisted on a total media blackout.
4: I think she's at a point where she's gonna keep certain things sacred to her and the people around her.
6: By having children, by allowing herself to truly love again, she's become a really compassionate person.
11: She's got
3: this
1: beautiful new baby and just a beautiful family. And you can see how that's completed her life in a lot of ways.
2: Lola and Rocco have helped Madonna heal some of her childhood wounds, especially concerning her dad.
1: I think that he thinks that I've grown up finally because, you know, my father's really old fashioned and it's some, something that we have in common now, having
2: children. Inspired by her personal happiness, Madonna returned to the studio to create music. Released in September of 2000, the album debuted at number one in 24 countries. The album's first single and its video were clear indications that Madonna was back to her dance roots and back to having fun.
6: That song was like, thank you, Madonna. We needed to hear this again. We needed to feel that moment again of just shaky groove bang for a minute.
9: The whole thing was done with sort of tongue-in-cheek, with a wink. I felt that she was kind of taking the piss out of Puffy and and all those people who maybe take themselves seriously. After feeling the rush of motherhood and the growth there,
4: I think maybe she just wanted to show that um, she's still a fun, lucky star after all.
2: In the summer of 2001, Madonna returned to live performing for the first time in eight years. Her Drowned World Tour was the most anticipated concert event in years and a massive success. Everybody just goes crazy. People were just coming over the rail. Her fans are just crazed about seeing
9: her.
1: They'll just be singing along, cheering along, standing up, dancing. By the end of the show, I mean, people can't jump any higher.
2: In 1978, Madonna arrived unknown and penniless in Times Square, declaring she wanted to conquer the world. More than two decades later, she has done exactly that.
6: I mean, she's the female Elvis.
8: You can't get as big and stay there as long as Madonna has without being smart. You just can't, like, step in it and, oh, my God, I'm going to be famous for the next 15 years. It doesn't happen like that.
2: Her years of soul-searching and creative exploration have paid off with personal happiness and professional success. But Madonna insists her journey is far from over.
1: The more in touch you get with the spiritual side of yourself, the less afraid you become of anything, and the more you realize and have a sense
2: of purpose. The girl who started out needing the whole world to love her is gone forever. And in her place is a woman who is grateful for everything she has and everything she's been through.
1: I've just begun, it's like the tip of the iceberg. I have such a long journey ahead of me, and where it goes, I don't know. Hopefully closer to the truth.
2: After more than 50 years in the music business, Madonna has rightfully earned her title as the queen of pop, as the best-selling female recording artist of all time. Ever the chameleon, Madonna has stepped into the roles of artist, businesswoman, philanthropist, and mother while always staying true to her unique voice and vision. With two Golden Globes, seven Grammys, 20 MTV Music Awards, and countless other accolades, her trailblazing career is unmatched. In 2019, she released her 14th studio album, Madame X, and is co-writing a new biographical film on her life and career with Universal Pictures. Though she has clearly made her mark on music and the world, the queen of pop's reign is far from over.
8: Listen to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music only on Paramount+.